welcome to Estradile Illusions, episode, I think this is 40, and we haven't done episode numbers in a while, and I'm almost positive this will be accurate, so kudos to numbers, because uh, they're good for things, and I'm really excited to welcome back uh, somebody from our uh, Game of Thrones recaps, if you're a fan of those, you'll be excited, uh, we have Thomas Hankins is back with us, Woo. but we want... Yes, woohoo. Um, we will not be talking about Game of Thrones. We will be talking about a much more, I don't want to say important, but um, maybe a, a topic vital. that isn't vital. It is vital, and it's not something that's talked about all that much, even though uh, Pokemon is uh, one of the biggest franchises in the world. Maybe bigger, probably bigger than Game of Thrones, but... This episode will be all about really the hero of Pokemon. It's not Pikachu. It, I guess some people might think that it might be like Psyduck, but I would personally say the real hero of Pokemon is uh, Magikarp. But before we, uh, before we don't get into that, uh, before we get into that, uh, Thomas, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thank you. Uh, I am very excited for this. Um, so my name is Thomas Hankins. I am a seminary student who studies uh, how theology and spirituality pop up in culture, uh, which means uh, as far as I'm concerned, I come across Magikarp all the time. There's no better spiritual illusion uh, in pop culture as far as I'm concerned. Which I'm really glad that Thomas is here to talk about the spiritual aspect um, I also have a, a, a connection to Magikarp that's deeper than... I mean, Magikarp's a character that does appear throughout uh, the anime and most of the games. And he's actually, I learned this when researching, he's the only Pokemon to appear in all of the Pokemon Snap levels that aren't the final Rainbow one where Mew's the only one who appears. I didn't think of that either, but you're right. That's great. Yeah, but well, I there are some tricks in in the game to and I Pokemon Snap was one of my original N64 games. It's something Oh, me too. Yeah, when I when I have to like explain uh explain sort of the weird properties of Pokemon and there's a lot that you can go down. Hey, you Pikachu is I in my opinion much weirder than Pokemon Snap, but I always start with Pokemon Snap because it's just it's so especially if you remember the blockbuster commercials where the people would yeah. uh, have their print out of the stuff, which looked way cooler than it was in real life. But that game's really fun. We I, still, uh, I legitimately would take a Pokemon Snap on the switch like any minute. That'd be awesome. Well, that's actually it, 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 that's a system that would work really well for that because uh, the motion controls. Um, yeah, it'd be great. You could turn. You could turn the. I don't know if they have that many rail shooters. I I, I try not to look at what's coming out on Switch because I buy more games than I can play, and Switch games tend not to be that cheap. Versus, uh, yeah, I know, unfortunate. But um, magic and Magikarp has Anyways. been the sub. My, <laughs> Magikarp has been the subject of uh, mobile apps, which have been uh, fun games to see how far uh, Magikarp can jump, which is. Uh, <laughs> Certainly exciting, um, but a lot of a lot of Magikarp related media is kind of tongue in cheek. And I want to be clear, and I think Thomas is also approaching this from a similar angle. We're not here to kind of laugh at or even with Magikarp. There's not a lot to laugh at about him because a lot of us from uh, all sorts of different backgrounds can really relate to uh, the hero's journey that Magikarp follows throughout this fandom, I think. Yeah, I think that uh, at a certain point, 
all of us has felt or have felt like uh, we can't do anything but flop around. The Flash. Uh, a little underestimated. Magikarp is a yeah. Magikarp is a Pokemon who can't even swim. He's a fish Pokemon, but uh, he basically swims about as good. I mean, there are some that can swim, but he's not presented as one that can swim. And and Splash is supposed to be the only move that Magikarp can learn besides, I guess some can uh, learn tackle, but that's also not a particularly powerful move. A little bit better than splash. Can I ask you a question before we dive into the show? Oh, sure. Did you have a, did you ever like go full in on a Magikarp in the games and like evolve it to a Gyarados, like full on, you did the work. Well, yeah, me too. Okay. So there were there were two instances that I evolved a Magikarp in. I want to say it was either, and this is a genius of uh, Game Freak or whatever the developer was for the original. It wasn't Niantic. Um, uh, maybe Game Freak evolved into Niantic, but um, I had Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. Blue was the first I started with, but then I had to have red because yeah. I had to have the other ones. And I had an old Game Boy so I could use the linking cable because no, nobody's trading you their other starters or, you know, you can get lucky with the right. uh, exclusives. But um, so I had all of those. And then I had uh, gold, silver and uh, platinum. And I, I'm almost, yeah, Magikarp appears in all of those. So I think the the evolves that I would have done would have been uh, one of them I did. <laughs> There's the there's the old man who lives on uh, one of the bike routes that you can leave Pokemon yeah. with at daycare. Uh, I left one with him, and that got him above the level 20. And then there was another one where it was later in the game where I had the carp. And what you would do is you would start the game with start the battle with Magikarp and then immediately swap them out. And ideally, yeah, he's can, always your first one, right? Yeah. Yes. And then you had to you had to swap them out, and uh, ideally you would uh, then win the battle with the second one because uh, any more than that you got to split the XP with a couple people. Yeah, we were just had so much time on our hands as kids, apparently. Yeah, and that's that's actually not really something I thought about prior to this. So that's just like <laughs> all this worthless memory of uh, the. I, I've wanted to write academic papers on the beauty of. Uh, the other, I think it's like an old couple that run the daycare. It's not just an old man, but the, the old, the, yeah, the, the really, couple. Yeah. Yeah. So the really well-known old man in the game is the one in uh, Viridian city who you do the missing no cheat with, which ended up. Right. They say it doesn't break your game. I took on the elite four with five missing no's and the M question mark one, which I right. think probably is just another missing no. And my game broke. I broke. I broke the my Pokemon Blue yeah. was, was totally toast. <laughs> only only time that ever happened with a single and I all my Game Boy games. So maybe it did break, but that old man is great. Uh, not not related to Magic Carps, but um, I mean you're on a kind of a good um track with the uh with the old video games because. Think about in the pre-internet age. Well, the internet was around, but like, think of the pre-smart Google age, where right. if you wanted to find out information, you really had to do a search that that was more than just a like snippet of of something that the computer's smart enough to figure out what you're really talking about. Um, right. Or you're you were like asking around at school. You're yeah. like, what the heck is this Pokemon? 
Well, so you if have it doesn't old, do. Yeah, and you have an old rod, which is the first rod they give you, and it, the old rod is worthless because, mm-hmm. well, maybe it's not worthless because, but all it can get you is Magikarp. And when you're a little kid and you're like, oh, I can finally fish all this water and seemingly endless possibilities to catch all these great water type Pokemon. And no, you're the first rod they give you a kid who, unless you have the strategy guide, you don't know what the hell is going on. You have to deal with that old crap rod that uh, somebody gave you that they were going to donate to Pokemon Goodwill or something. (laughs) They were on the way to the Viridian town. Goodwill and said, ah, I'll give it to this kid. Yeah. That place doesn't even have a gym. It has that old man who <laughs> yeah. waits, literally waits for little boys to come so he can teach them how to catch, catch people. <laughs> you like magic car boy? Hmm? Well, yeah. I mean, Pokemon does have a lot of uh, shady people. The magic car salesman from the anime being uh, among shady. the shadiest. I also just watched and as a, uh, Latin American, uh, not a great portrayal of Magikarp Salesman's accent. And then later in the episode, Jesse calls him hombre. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> What's happening here? Yeah. yeah Anyways, that, that's uh, a total side note. Magic, shitty Magikarp Salesman was uh, Latinx, apparently. <laughs> And he's like a recurring character, too. I mean, I, I, I stopped. I, I've i actually, my partner and I have been watching some of the Johto. We, we play Pokemon Go a lot. There's gyms at uh, either corner of our uh, apartment building. So raids are sure. super easy to do. And uh, it's just fun. It's a dick. It's Disneyland. Yeah, that's like, cool. When you're, when you're running around, it's a lot of fun to, you know, pass the time. But, um so I've been been kind of watching the other ones, and and there was a Johto episode where the Magikarp salesman appeared. I'm like, this show has really great continuity for something that's kind of appealing to a, a younger demographic, probably a fair amount of uh, aging out of. But I mean, there's a lot of shows like that, like Arthur th- does constant throwbacks, and uh, yeah, I imagine CBS Kids doesn't have a ton of people who know what the original like the missing snowball was or that kind of stuff. All right. Well, let me let me ask you this, Ian. When you think of Magikarp, what is the thing that you think of? Well, so if we're going to talk about sort of if we're going to go into the the deeper deeper Magikarp, and uh, yeah. I know that both of us have uh, contributions to uh, bring to the table with that, I especially in. Um, I've talked about in other episodes the the pre-transition era of my tr- uh, the pre-hormone era of my transition, which is um, which is frustrating. It's regardless of when you start hormones, when you start transitioning, or even if the the whole process for anyone, regardless of HRT, is not just sucks, and you're right. constantly like I couldn't give I probably give like one or two shits about my appearance on any given day, but very little. I wear very little makeup. Um, Back then, I was very sort of body conscious and had a, I had a big, big sort of transgender chip on my shoulder. Mm. And I felt kind of help, helpless and uh, like I was just struggling with a lot of things. And I thought about Magikarp a fair amount in that era because it was, you know, I felt like all I could do was literally just sort of splash around. I feel like, you know, that's that's almost like Magikarp could be the, the mascot of the millennial generation. 
mm-hmm. it's it's difficult to uh, be in a position where you just you 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 feel like you feel like you can be a Gyarados down the road, but sure. it's it's a hard road to get there, regardless of uh, the video game or Pokemon Go when you have four hundred candies uh, that are really hard to collect. Um, right. It's difficult. It's hard. And life isn't easy, but and 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 Magikarp is this person who we described the the way to level him up in the game. That's difficult. It it takes a long time. It's not easy to do, and yet persistence pays off. That's kind of the theme of Magikarp. Right. Yeah. For why don't you for so for all of the you know the young listeners who maybe don't know. So what what is Magikarp's whole deal? Do you want to explain that real quick? So Magikarp, they kind of designed as uh, the most worthless, useless, unattractive. Literally, it doesn't even have like there's a point in uh, Magikarp's kind of introductory. Well, I guess he has two introductory episodes, um, yeah. the Battle Aboard the SSN and then the, the Shipwreck episode that follows. Uh, there's one point where they consider eating Magikarp because he's so worthless, but his his body is mostly uh skin and bones so not a lot of meat. <laughs> he can't, he's not, not a even good. a good meal no no like like, a, like like on the scale of one to ten he's like pretty objectively a zero um, yes and that's sad but Very sad. if somebody well so we have 150 original pokemon not counting mew not counting the glitch pokemon like missing no who i personally have a lot of affection for i have a meme wild transgender appears and it's the trainer facing a missing no <laughs> I, I i use that whenever the media uh like really botches a transgender issue or like says something like really stupid i post that meme that's it's just like that that's what they that's how they react when they have to but so magikarp um unlike almost every pokemon i could think of and there's plenty of pokemon that are bad battlers but there's right. very few that are worthless like you can't win a battle with them Right. A, a talented a talented trainer can win with um I almost don't know. anything. Yeah, We're like a Zubat, Kakuna, a Zubat. Zubat, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So Magikarp isn't good for that. Mag- and and but but Magikarp does have one redeeming quality and it's kind of a um it's 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 a it's a matter of the long game. Magikarp evolves into Gyarados, which is one of the most powerful Dragon, uh, dragon Pokemon within the Pokemon fandom are often um, legendaries, like uh, uh, yeah, and just a Diabla or uh, yeah. So Gyarados is very powerful. Mm-hmm. It's a blue um, rare. Po- Gyarados are red, uh, the shiny ones. But Gyarados is very strong, very bad, uh, very good to battle with. So it's kind of a. You know, if you yeah. uh, Magikarp's the true Pokemon uh, example of of perseverance, and that's kind of a, a a broader theme of Pokemon is the the yeah. idea that you know you train, you grind, and then you get it's to, a real you, you want to be the very best, like no one ever was. It takes work; it's not easy across across the whole scale. But with Magikarp, you need to yeah, and and you have to like think like. When you asked when you asked how to evolve it in the game, uh, that's it takes skill to 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 pull that off. I mean, people got. You, have you played uh, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee or Let's Go Pikachu for Switch? Absolutely, yeah. But, well, so a controversial decision made in that was 
um, you can battle with Pokemon against other trainers, but the catching Pokemon style is a lot more like Pokemon Go. Right. And a lot of people right. hated that. And But I kind of looked at that from the perspective of, you really were rolling the dice trying to catch a Pokemon if you were going to hit him with something that was either going to kill him or get him to a point where you could uh, catch the thing like that was barely alive. Right. It's difficult. Yeah, it's tough. Um, so with, with that in mind, uh, I kind of looked at that saying, okay, this makes the most, one of the more tedious parts of the game a hell of a lot easier. Fine. I think candies are kind of stupid, but, um, I actually wrote a paper that's unpublished, uh, as of now, but it's been peer reviewed a couple of <laughs> times. It's on, um, the Marxist influence in Pokemon go because, um, it's really not a, it's not a battle of, um, it's not really a game of sure, battle and skill. Right. It's really a, it's, it's a game of commodities trading, transferring right. Stardust, X, XP or commodities. Stardust is a commodity. Candy is a commodity. And yeah, you're not, you're not, you're not really, it's a game of collection. It's not a game of uh, battling. Uh, even though gotta catch them all isn't. We're all a big labor force, essentially. Yeah, right. no, it's true. And, and, and literally <laughs> you walk, you get rewards. It's literally, it's like showing up to the factory. It's except the factory is somebody's yard. You're running through to get to like, to spin the poker stop at the church. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's always a church. For some reason. Um, well, speaking of churches, you've got, um, I know that you have a lot of, uh, spiritual, uh, aspects of Magikarp that you'd like to talk about. Yeah. Well, so, so for me, the, um, this, spiritual and the um the uh, kind of the emotional the mental health to me those those all overlap i can't have those discussions without um i can't have them individually if that makes sense right um right. And so when, when i think magic carp um one of the things that i think of is in spanish we have a word called uh, mestizo which means basically in in between that you're in between two worlds. And so I'm biracial. So I would be what we call a mestizo. And, um, and that has been part of a, a very long sense of um, like identity discovery and formation for me, um, finding out who exactly am I in this world? How do I relate to the world as a white person or as a Mexican person or as an immigrant or as not an immigrant because my family got here before me, but still I'm a lot darker than a lot of people I know. So, you know, so what are the, how do I relate to this world? Um, and then one thing that came along with, with mental health and my personal faith journey, um, is the realization that I am, I am something greater than the sum of all of my parts. Um, and that is what that evolution felt like for me, uh, is, is to realize, um, I am not, ha I'm not two separate halves of a thing. I am, I am a third whole thing that is bigger and better than I ever could have imagined. Um, which is almost what what I would say the evolution the Gyarados is like, um, or the the way that I see it. Wow, um, that's very profound. I uh, I think a lot of us can really um, 
sympathize with that, especially from the perspective of we talk about mental health. Um, right. Our country is having uh, kind of an awakening over the past couple of years. I've seen it. Uh, it's still something that a lot of people need to work on. But just the idea of talking about mental health is Absolutely. Um, kind of it's new for a lot of people to talk about. And there's a lot of like uh, compartmentalization that, that, that happens with that, that is, is unhealthy. I mean, it's something that I uh, struggle with for years. Staying in the closet was just, um, you know, the idea of being greater than the sum of your parts, you know, that. Right. And the, the, the problem with the repression is uh, it forces you to bottle in that kind of stuff. So it's kind of like a pressure cooker. You can't really, um, you, you can't hope to, to sort of actualize more than that, even though, I mean, one thing I, I sort of try to drive home for people uh, all the time who, uh, who listen, who might, might still be in the closet is, you know, no matter your circumstances, no matter how you're feeling, uh, it, it, it's just staying like it, it, it's not it's not really a long-term strategy and i think with when it comes to mental health the people who right. just try to live life going decades uh into the future um just holding all that stuff in uh there's a cost to that yeah i i think that you um i think you're right i think that something happens to us um when we even if it's not just like out outright denial, um, whether it's, it's, we, we are not able to, or we truly don't know when you are not, um, when you cannot live into the fullness of your humanity, then, then something bad happens, right? You, you lack something. And that, like you said, that's not something that just, um, that you just deal with. Um, that's something that has impacts over the course of your life. Uh, and eventually you look up one day and you um, are far from where you thought you would be. Uh, and and you don't know how to cope with that. And that's tough um, to to recognize if you if the first thing I think is knowing who you are. That's a that's such a big, important step. And I would like to think, yeah. hopefully, that every magic carp knows who it is and knows that. Just give me four more levels and I'm there, you know. It well, you, I think you're onto something with that. Uh, you've, I assume, from the uh Instagram story you posted before we started recording, that you have seen Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Oh, I yes, that's probably a fair, fair yes. assumption, right? Many times. So, and I assume anybody listening, well, if you, ha- if you haven't seen it, this isn't like really, really a spoiler. If, if you hate hate spoilers skip ahead like two minutes but um, also go watch detective there's a scene in uh yeah you should be watching that before you listen to this because this is uh i want to save probably for pokemon insiders but uh even as we've learned in uh this time uh we're we're obviously hinting at a lot of deeper things but for pokemon detective pikachu we've got a situation where Pikachu is in kind of like an octagon, a cage, a steel cage match, like kind of like a hell in the cell situation. WWE <laughs> just throwing out on, on tons of sports, me- whatever sports metaphors you want. Loser leaves uh, town. Pikachu's in it with, with yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, literally. So Pikachu's battling a Charizard and 
Uh, Ryan Reynolds' Pikachu really doesn't know uh, what the hell it's doing in terms of fighting. And Charizard's kind of, uh, he's, he's essentially not really trying to win the battle. He's trying to survive until some kind of next point. And uh, at one point during the battle, a Magikarp, I, I've actually, I rewatched the scene before we started recording. I'm still not 100% sure how the Magikarp got the hell in the ring. <laughs> but um, the Pikachu starts to try. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um, but the P- Pikachu tries to get the Magikarp to uh, wake up or stuff and... To get angry. The Pikachu. I mean, Magikarp. Yeah, to get angry so it'll evolve and the thing's just flopping, going... Well, actually, I don't think it made the noise, but I always love the... Magikarp, <laughs> carp, carp, carp. Yep. Kind of like a... Classic. But doesn't even doesn't even sound like a Pokemon that has any idea what the <laughs> hell it's doing. Um, uh, unlike like a Pidgeotto, which has a very like... Pidgeotto! Yeah. Like, and it's probably even quicker than that. It's like very determined and stuff. Um, very competent. So the, the Magikarp uh, does evolve very competent, determined also, I would yes. say. Um, or like a, I mean, we could go uh, chase a rabbit hole of uh, Pokemon. No, it's, it, I have to like stop myself from going like, Pee, Pikachu. That's a whole other podcast. It yeah. is, yeah. Pokemon, the, sound, yeah. the sounds of Pokemon. So Gyarados, Gyarados uh, arrives and the scene kind of ends. There's Haywire in the Octagon. Um, the ref, if there was a ref, would probably call the fight. The announcer's table would get turned over. Or the Undertaker's <laughs> music would start to play. That kind of My stuff. God. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Mag- Magikarp. So there's kind of a theme in, especially as it relates to Ash's relationship with Pikachu, uh, this kind of notion that you shouldn't that you shouldn't rush to evolve a Pokemon because there are certain skills they learn uh, prior that they can't then learn later. And right. I've always I, I think I think in the in the video games that's kind of a overplayed uh, notion because I, I I'm sure the stats could like matter. I mean there there reaches a point in the game where you have a Pokemon so powerful they could pretty much take everybody right. out. Um, but you're supposed to you're supposed to value the lessons you learn in uh, youth or your first stage um, before you move sure. on. And I mean, uh, society society follows that same uh, rule. We don't send, uh, generally speaking, uh, in in you know civilized countries, we don't send uh, four or five year olds off to work. We let them uh, mature, education, right. all of that stuff before before that happens. So you're not, you're not, you know, patience, they say patience is a virtue. Patience isn't really something that, uh, society we see very often. People are impatient, they're impulsive, all of that kind of stuff. But Pokemon's trying to say, you know, take your time, don't waste your, your youth. Yeah. But, and for a lot of Pokemon, there's benefits to that. And you can, you can, you know, Pikachu's a great fighter. Pikachu doesn't need to be Raichu to, Mm -hmm. uh, be awesome. Magikarp. Magikarp is sucks until Magikarp's great. Right. And that's that's um it's tough. It's it's like you're watching like a prodigy tr- sort of try to figure out the first step like you know some some piano wizard right before they step up. You you know that great. Well, I guess you wouldn't know a prodigy if I started playing. Hey, pr- pretty terrible example, but okay, um, or just like maybe you uh, get the idea of or like the, um <laughs> that it's a piano prodigy who I say this affectionately about my dad, who probably will never listen to this podcast. Brilliant man. 
doctor, physician, uh, can't remember when to take the trash out. You know, it's like Magikarp has one thing going for it. And yeah. it's really good at it. It's really good at evolving. But anything else, it's tough. Um, yeah. I, so I have a question for you that, that pops up. This is related. Uh, and, and maybe this is a little bit of, of real world nuance that we will have to, I would like to add to our magic card conversation. Um, so, and this, this might also be relatively personal too, but I, I, I want to ask it. I think it's a good, uh, talk, talking point. So, um, as someone, Ooh, go right as ahead. someone who is going through quite literally a physical transition, um, do you, have you found that, um, the physical transition in and of itself has, um, like addressed all of the, the mental, emotional, um, things that you had before and, and during the transition, or have you found that it's kind of like, like both and work, like, like in a world, we can imagine a world where magic carp feels down about itself, uh, as magic carp, maybe evolving right. doesn't right. take care of everything, right? There's actually some, some work to do even yeah. after it's evolved. Um, do you relate to that? All right. So, yeah, so what you're kind of describing is um, separating. Actually, you make a distinction that a lot of people uh, tend to forget. And uh, mind and body, I've been a certified yoga teacher since 2012. Sure. So that's like something we just were nailed. I also, I was in Catholic school for all but two years of my pre-grad school education. So a lot of that. Mind body, we all know that that's important. We don't always in our day-to-day uh recognize the relationship between the two but um it's 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 important and um even as it relates to transitioning you've got uh gender dysphoria which refers to uh you know the feeling of unease with one's uh typically one's birth gen- uh gender assigned at birth sure. and um but on a broader scale, uh, gender dysphoria can include body dys- dysphoria, where a certain aspect um, for trans women, if you are uh, flat-chested, um, wanting to you know grow breasts, right. or if you were a trans man, um, I've heard a lot of trans men describe uh, uh, the feelings of joy when they first had facial hair, that kind of right. stuff, um, or or a, a trans man wanting to get uh, top surgery. Uh, constantly being reminded um, with that kind of, you know, there's there's powerful, powerful feelings of uh, euphoria, the opposite of dysphoria, uh, that stem uh, from that kind of stuff. But to answer, to answer your question, uh, I've, I've said at times uh, in other episodes where the latest transgender story time was literally about the yeah, ballooning size of my own ass, <laughs> which... Uh, is more of a late, late, late transition development. Um, it's, it's, uh, the mind stuff came first. Mm. They, it came distinctly first too. Mm. And, uh, sort of a calming. I mean, I, I, the, the way that I try to explain it to people and actually within game of Thrones, uh, terminology, I, I often kind of describe, um, misconceptions around varies, which uh, is going to be a subject for a future sure. podcast. 
but uh, just just the idea of um uh the absence of testosterone does just naturally produce a calming effect some people can't quite sort of grasp that but if you think of if you think of the concept of roid rage uh how people who are using steroids get angry right kind of the opposite well yeah because because most most like human growth hormone and most steroids are designed to increase to are artificially increase testosterone production right. so um that's not that's not to say that people who have testosterone are angry but testosterone imbalances just as, as a side effect of uh you know irrit- irritability is 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 something that, that can happen right um so that that that's how I tend to try and describe it to people. Oh well, I, yeah. Well, I was just gonna say that um, so the, the mental stuff, the mental stuff happened first, and um, well, because I mean, the body stuff, it's still, it's still, um, you know, I'm having, yeah. I'm having major, major right. surgery coming up, which will necessitate the uh, uh, hiatus of uh, this show. But um, my, uh, just from the HRT, I've been taking HRT for years and, uh, the, the changes right. still happen and it ha it's, it, you never really know, you know, people say, when are you done transitioning? It's like, that's a, that's a great question. Who the hell knows? Um, uh, it's, it's something that, uh, is, is tough to, uh, to pinpoint, but you do kind of reach a point where you're satisfied. You have, uh, a sense of, of, uh, Inner peace, which is not to say that all's right with the world. Contentment, um, I mean, that same could hold true, right? I mean, they all of us. We could, we could, um, you know, we could be as as zen as the world could be. You know, you could go to church every day, go to meditation afterward, and your mind could just be perfectly in line. And then something really bad hits you externally uh, in your your you know your life, and uh, that's something you then have to, uh, you know, deal with it throws off yeah. even the best of us. So, um, that it transitioning. That's great. That's a great perspective. Um, oh, thank you for sharing all that with, with me as, as someone who continuously wants to, uh, learn more and more about how I can relate and love people better. That was a very helpful perspective. Thank you. Um, it, it, it made me think of, um, of a, per, a perspective that I had. So about uh, nine months ago, this would be the first time that I'm saying this very publicly. A lot of my, my good friends, a lot of mutual friends that we know, know, but about nine months ago, I was in um, an inpatient rehab unit for a mental health clinic um, after kind of a depressive episode that I had. And one of the perspectives that I walked out of that stay in the hospital with was, Oh, this is, um, my mental health is not a transactional thing. It is not like, okay, I got that job that I wanted. I'm good now. Or like I moved and you know, I'm good now. I got out of that crummy situation. I'm good now for me. It is a, my mental health is a, a daily thing that I have to address and take care of. Um, my whole well-being goes into it. Um, and that was, that was really important for me. So, so in some ways, I, I guess what I was thinking that in some ways, magic Heart does represent this kind of like before and after self actualization of things, but also in, in a human, uh, model of that, 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 
which I think is something is, is similar to what you were trying to say, or something that you echoed at least is the work continues for us, right? We can evolve, we can we can yeah. change our yeah. life, but the actual work of of ourselves continues all the time. I think your perspective is, um, you know, so spot on with regard to uh, the fact that, you know, they say money can't buy happiness. Um, it 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 can take your mind off a lot of things, but uh, the the core the core uh, philosophy is true. But it's a right. process, and it takes work, and it it it's 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 you know they say you know half a life is just showing up. That's actually like in transitioning too. You kind of learn that that that's true because there's so many things that that won't go your way, and that's true of life, and even beyond that. Um, yeah, I agree. But you put in the work until the day where you catch the break, and that's kind of um, you know as a kid. Sitting there with the Game Boy and Magikarp is, uh, you know, the, the the process is is challenging, mm-hmm. and it's te- it's it's challenging and it's tedious and it's gonna I can't even remember how many battles it took, but um, even getting to like a level twenty with a Pokemon that you really don't battle with yeah. is a struggle, and you have to want it. And you have to also be committed to the process that allows you to get what you want. It's not it's not just, uh, you know, a flick of the switch dial. Like if I push this button sequence, I'll get it. It's you get it. Then you try again. Then you try again. I mean, you think about any any like really rigorous uh, profession or, you know, like something like like ballet comes to mind where it's just painful mm-hmm. and it sucks and it just demands absolute perfection. But um, you 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 see the people who have put in countless you know thousands of hours of work, and you just see the way that the the execution of it and it's 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 beautiful. I mean, just yesterday I was at um, my uh, my partner and I did uh, uh, one of our first Disneyland visits in in quite a while. By that I mean like you know two or three months. Um, <laughs> I and I had mapped. Yeah, I had mapped out, I had literally mapped out how the first, because with Galaxy Z and stuff, I'd mapped out how we were going to get there and uh, how we were going to fit in some stuff in the morning. And our plan went exactly, we 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 beat all the people trying to get to uh, Galaxy's Edge and we were the sixth on the the ride in the morning and awesome. 10 minutes later, the line, the line was 75 minutes and the plan went absolutely perfect and i was sitting there just kind of like saying okay that was great i planned this out and it went everything went right um a lot of life doesn't 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 work that way and you know think about think about in in pokemon uh revives in pokemon go uh revives mm-hmm. are pretty easy to come by that was a tedious thing back then you had to like reset everything potions i mean the the, the pokemon center yeah. saying nurse joy was supposed to be the easy way to uh evolve the match uh to um, it was supposed to be the easy way to heal a Pokemon, but if you're out, if you're out on route, God, they had so many routes in that game with, with random numbers, uh, literally whatever route, 30, route. Yeah. Right. Uh, and you're stuck there. Uh, you, you know, you could fly with your, uh, Pidgey or something to a place, but, um, get to it. And it's, it's frustrating. And, um, I think there's a lot of, of Gyarados or Gyarados. What's the plural form of Gyarados? Gyaradai? I don't know. 
Gyarados? I think it's Gyarados. I think it's a deer Gyar- deer situation. I think you're probably right. Um, well, it's actually funny uh, with the anime with with Gyarados's first appearance. Um, I thought Dragon Rage was the third evolution when a couple Gyarados came together. <laughs> when they all come together, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought that was like 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 an actual like uh, I don't like a. Uh, What's the Godzilla villain with the three heads? Um, sure. Like, now, now we have formed a clump of Gyarados and they yeah. live together. And I, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's like, oh, crap. Um, look at all of look at all of this stuff. Um, it's 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 just it's so difficult to um, I forget what I had originally said about Gyarados for <laughs> the anime tangent. It was going to be beautiful, I'm sure. Um, um, of course. Um, hey, did you, um, that this just popped into my head. Have you seen a clip that came out like over the last week or so of Stephen Colbert and Anderson Cooper talking about grief? Uh, I did not. It's very good. Um, and, uh, I'll send it to you. Um, and I would encourage anybody to listening to, to go watch it. Um, And it's this really good conversation about, um, you know, Stephen Colbert famously had a trauma that happened in his childhood um, that involved the loss of some of his family members. Uh, Anderson Cooper's father also died very young, and he recently lost his mother. So they just had this good conversation about grief. Uh, And in it, Stephen Colbert shares... um, shares this perspective on, on grief and on life that I think is, is really healthy. And, and for me in my faith context, I would say very biblical and, and uh, a very theologically sound, but basically is that um, if we want to live into the, the wholeness of life, the fullness of life, um, part of that is, uh, not being glad that bad things happen, but recognizing that they are part of the human existence, right? And that, and just what you were talking about of of being grateful for, um, we're appreciating the time that we have here, right? That is, um, that's just something that I've been thinking about a lot over the last year. Is that. Uh, we only get so many chances to to ride this ride with our partner, right? And that that's a beautiful thing. But we also only get so many chances to um, fight with them, right? Or be angry or make up with them or just take a walk, whatever. We only get to do this for like 70 years, 80 years. And that that's this right now is the gift. Um, that we get to have, we get to exist and, um, and magic carp as it, this is the silliest analogy I've ever made, <laughs> but magic carp as it like actualizes itself, like it is a thing that has, that has to look back on its own existence and be grateful, right. For where it has gotten. Um, yeah. I, yeah, it, it, I, it could not have gotten to where it is without those 20 levels leading up to it, right? 
Yeah, and it, for a Pokemon that can't swim, um, just surviving is actually, you know, something to be proud of. Uh, I think I think you you've stumbled onto something uh, really pertinent to uh, Magikarp's first appearance in talking about uh, finite time and time being limited. James got duped by the um, racially insensitive Magikarp uh, salesman. Quite, quite duped. Respect. Yes, I said Jesse. James gets duped. Yeah, James. Because um, he's yeah, because he's, he's a dummy. Well, he falls for it's like a you ever have one of those Wonder Ball treats. Uh, back back yep. in the day that had the <laughs> yeah. it was like so it 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 in the commercials it was advertised as like this ooh I wonder wonder what's in a wonder ball and it was supposed to be like this great chocolate with like seemingly infinite surprises and really it was like really hollow chocolate that had like a couple uh of those uh those sour like smarty absolutely uh, smarties, the worst yeah, yeah. And it has a sticker, and I mean, it just like you're just fooled by the packaging. So, Magikarp salesman sells James this gold Pokeball that has gold a Magikarp. Gold plated, yeah, gold plated. Um, and James never appreciates his new friend, his companion. He Ooh, doesn't. True. Yeah, he 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 kick. He literally, as, on learning he can't eat it, he dis- disavows him. I struggle to even like when you hear about a, a gay kid who is like kicked out from their uh, their parents, and you're like, "Do you understand what you threw mm-hmm. away?" Um, and I, I, I always this is something Pokemon. I, I never I never really understood why Ash would be so eager to just like leave his Pokemon in random spots, never to be seen from again. As he gave his primate to a clearly inferior right. trainer. Um, James did that, and it's like, okay, dude, all you. At this point, all he has is coughing. Coughing isn't even evolved to wheezing. He's right. got a uh, he's got one one fairly uh, inconsequential Pokemon. who's probably not good for much except like getting high off his fumes. Um, <laughs> and he kicks his his poor Magikarp overboard. And even as a kid, I remember thinking to myself, "This is sad." Yeah, it raises a couple questions for me. First of all. Maybe this is more of a statement than some questions. First of all, Jesse and James' entire existence appears to be the collection of Pokemon. Uh, Correct. Yes. So, like, you'd think they wouldn't discriminate or be throwing away actually getting a Pokemon. Earlier in said episode, they get, like, crapped on by their boss for not getting Pokemon. At least they have one. Number two, uh, do people in this world not know what Magikarp evolves into? No one has ever seen a Magikarp evolve before? Because actually, like, if if James holds on to this Pokemon, do they just win battles for the next... Like, is the show over? Could anybody that Ash has at this point in time actually defeat a trained Gyarados? I don't know. That's a great... Um, that's why you don't kick your Magikarp yeah. off boats. Well, you bring up a good point about that. Um, a lot of episodes uh, Ash uses his Pokedex Dexter as a uh, kind of like exposition on whatever new Pokemon right. they're introducing. But uh, in Pokemon Detective Pikachu, the trainer knew about Gyarados, so you would think... Right. Um, I mean, we, we, we forget constantly that Ash is a 10-year-old child who these people are stalking. It's really That's creepy. True. And Brock is, like, 18. 
uh, also following them right. around. But um, I, I have <laughs> always, I have always bought into. There's a theory that that basically, and it, it works better for like the first generation because I'm sure as as it's gone on, there's been a lot of characters. But especially really early on, there was an absence of of sort of grown adult men in the series. Sure. Everybody seemed to be kind of younger or uh, older, like a Professor Oak or uh, right. uh, the old man. And, and the few exceptions would be like people like the gym leader, Lieutenant Surge, who's, who's supposed to be a military man. So a lot of right. people thought that there had been a, a sort of some kind of nuclear war that had killed most of the men in battle and the Pokemon kind mm. of spawned after that. I have personally always bought into that. I thought it's fascinating and it makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's probably pretty debunked with, with just how long the anime has gone. Uh, which I, like I don't it. like fully keep, keep up with, but the first time I heard that, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a good theory. That's, you know, that's not Bran is the night King. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'll take it. And also Misty uh, is pregnant. Pregnant. Yeah. Misty with is pregnant and Brock is the night King. Brock is the Night King. Yeah, I, I could, I could yeah. buy that. He's uh, <laughs> I just always thought it weird the age difference between Ash and Brock. And Brock is not totally without ambition. He wants to be a breeder, right. but um, it's never quite clear how any of that like like relates to following this child who's not even very good at either. Ca- Ash is not very good at catching Pokemon. Um, no. He doesn't. He often lets them go, and uh, he's also really almost every episode of that is. Uh, filler and uh has a battle with jesse and james who have not figured out how to beat him so um, <laughs> who who could have had they just not kicked a magic carp off of it yeah james james is probably I, th- I think of the regular cast james is unquestionably the dumbest uh jesse is kind yeah, of is so. more intelligent meowth is more intelligent uh ash is kind of stupid but Sort of by default, because he always beats James. Still, a, smarter. It still always beats James. Yeah. Um, I wish the Magikarp had come back, though, because we don't see yeah. the Magikarp ever again. I was about to say, do you, are there any that you know of? Are there any other Magikarp like interactions in the anime yeah. that you have oh, witnessed? Yeah. Misty, Misty actually gets a big Gyarados that uh, does some bad. There is a Magikarp later on that um, is is actually quite proficient at battle, can swim. Uh, his tackle is um, uh, pretty, pretty good. He gives, yeah, he gives um, Ash and uh, I want to say Grace, the one who has the flip flop. I, I haven't. No, oh, yeah, I, yeah. Well, I, when when Thomas and I were growing up there weren't streaming services. So you got to see Pokemon <laughs> if it was airing in rerun on WB or like Cartoon Network, uh, depending on who had the rights. And uh, like the SSN stuff was like actually like fairly early on, they were dealing with like a shipwreck yeah. that almost kills a lot of people, like basically the Titanic. Uh, so those were kind of episodes that you'd see a lot because the earlier ones would be in cir- circulation more. And Can you remember I, I, that not- the first time you saw that shipwreck and being like, what in the world? I like so the first half of this Magikarp adventure ends with a, a shipwreck cliffhanger, and I can just remember being devastated. Like, how are they going to get out of this? How in the world? That was yeah, the worst. It was having to go to school after that. 
Yeah, it, uh, well, especially because the episode right after when they're on the island and the Pokemon are talking with the subtitles, uh, it was actually a really yeah. pretty, pretty fun one. Um, I, yeah, I was in, uh, first grade when Pokemon, uh, came out and I was at Catholic school, which only had about 50 kids a grade. So me and this other kid were like the first who discovered it and, I just remember seeing it with the the monsters and stuff and just thinking like there was nothing else like that on TV and sure there was like you know countless other animes but you know they hadn't then really aired in the US and I'm a big big digi I actually think Digimon is probably aged better than Pokemon in a lot of ways just the plot character development the villain Yeah probably as a as a uh, show but- probably yeah well, because Pokemon just has so much, it's it's kind of like Power Rangers, in the sense that it, it, it most of the episodes are kind of it has a long running continuity, but most of the episodes are kind of like in every plot, and with a right. battle with Team Rocket almost every time, and Whereas literally Digimon, repeated right. animations and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's, and yet we're talking. We're not talking about Digimon. We're talking about Pokemon. So, uh, and there's no yeah. question which uh, Pokemon. I mean, Pokemon is honestly like, you know, I went to Galaxy's Edge. You got to wonder when like Pokemon Land is coming up. It's, it's like the, I think there the is world. one in Japan, right? That's coming. I think it's in the works. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, um, and it's like which I, I will like, be going think, to. Yeah, I, I'll have to make sure that's a, a safe place for people like me. But um, that's true. Just certainly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's always frustrating when you hear about like places that uh, friends have visited. I was in Boston uh, two weeks ago on uh, vacation, and I was talking to one of my old college roommates, and he was talking about how he was going to Mos- like was traveling around Moscow, and I'm a huge, huge, huge Russian literature fan, and I'm like, oh, I want right. to go to St. Petersburg and Moscow. I, I know all the spots. Like, no, you, you. One of our other friends works for a travel agency. They're like, no, Ian, you, you cannot go there. And I was like, Grr. and I know it's true, but yeah. I would like to ride my Gyarados up and show Vladi Putin that, um, you know, he can yeah. send his kids. A little Dragon Rage. Hit- Dragon- Ex- yeah. I was literally about to say Dragon Rage, so I'm glad that we're <laughs> on the same page with that. Yeah, absolutely. Ma- Magikarp-, Magikarp evokes a lot of emotion, and it- it's good to get that. It's good to have that emotion. I think Thomas and I are on the same mm-hmm. page with how we feel about uh, bottling up. And, you know, there, there have been times in my life where um, I've always been kind of one of those, especially post-transition, where, you, you know, you'll just be talking to somebody you, like, kind of know. Uh, in This happened a lot when I was home, and, you know, people would just, like, really open up about gender-related stuff or stuff that happened in their personal life. And... Um, maybe at first you get the kind of like, oh, I don't really know that person that well, but it feels really good. Like when you think about it deeper, you're like, oh, somebody, somebody I really know told me this. That's, yeah. you know, that must have taken a lot out of them. And, yeah. um, I mean, something this podcast, we do quite a lot. You've done it this episode. I've done it this episode. I've done it plenty of other episodes. Um, it feels good to um, express our, ourselves without necessarily having um, received some kind of like tangible uh, benefit or solution that came from opening up trans, uh, you know, getting back to the idea of a transactional society. Um, right. People like to, people like to get things when they give 
Um, and it, when it comes to expression, a lot of the time you don't get anything in return. Yeah. And that's okay. You're right. I, I think that there is, um, part, part of this whole human experience to me is, um, is a coming together, right? Uh, things, life feels more right when we are more inclusive and when we are coming together. Um, and that involves, um, growth, uh, within your own person. Um, but then that, I think like you're saying that, that, and that has to then involve being able to talk about that growth transparently and vulnerability and that it's not vulnerably and, uh, and that it's not easy. It's not supposed to be easy. And that, um, when you open yourself up like that, it only helps other people, um, along their journey to reach their own level 20, right. And, and hit that evolve. Um, and then, and from there, you know, it's their choice, whether they want to hold B, not evolve, whatever, but helping people along that process is what brings us together. And, and, and to me, that is the nature of life is, is a coming together. That was very gross. That's what she said. <laughs> um, I mean, you're <laughs> onto something. Think about, think about Captain America, which is a story, especially Captain America, the first Avenger. You take this guy who's really written off by everybody. He's a little scrawny, Steve Rogers, little scrawny kid. Um, and he's selected to be this um, kind of uh, somewhat propaganda-esque uh, figure for the um, uh, military industrial complex. But uh, putting that aside, he's, he's supposed to be uh, a, a beacon of hope for the country. And he's selected because he understands what it was like to not be the person in power. And yeah. we see a lot of rage, dragon rage from, from Gyarados. Um, I, I like to believe there's some calm, tranquil Zen Gyarados out there. Yeah, do you think who, Gyarados needs a hug? Yes, unquestionably. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Magic Magikarp needs a hug too. All that flannel filling around, so he just needs to be held and said. He needs Magikarp needs a weighted blanket. Needs some oh, anxiety yeah. relief. Yeah. Well, Magikarp seems to do kind of okay. It's not clear whether uh, Pokemon have gills. We don't really see them even on something like a Militech, the evolved form of uh, uh, Phoebus, which is kind of the spiritual successor to Magikarp. And I'm not sure if. I, Phoebus, I guess, is Generation Three. I don't remember it being in the the Jodo Something one. Like that. Um, but yeah, Gyarados. Gyarados needs a hug. Magikarp needs a hug. Um, I think Gyarados is also kind of a good uh, treatise on um, uh, vengeance, which kind of makes me think about Hamlet and all of his uh, mm -hmm. sort of bottled up emotions, and then being thrust in the position where uh, he had to go and take on Claudius and Laertes and all of that with um, really not, not, not the right disposition. Uh, Gyarados is uh, a powerful person, uh, powerful figure, a powerful Pokemon who can't, uh, who can take people out if they so choose. But I think the true, the true sign of power and the true sign of 
force is to wield that kind of all-encompassing power and then to understand that there is, a, a, you know, another way. And that's contradictory to Pokemon's notion of battle, but there are people like the Brocks of the world who don't want to battle. They just want to love. Absolutely. And um, I think that notion of, of power is very interesting. Um, and, you know, and the, the other thing that we have talked about together, I think even... I think the notion of power shows up in, in Game of Thrones quite a bit. Like, what is actual power? Um, and, uh, and yeah, maybe Gyarados yeah. needs to learn that to actual power is just letting that raft flow away. He doesn't need to use Dragon Rage. You know, that's letting James what? have power over him. Well, you might, be on, you might be onto something important, because right before they attacked the raft, there was the note that uh, one of them remarked that nobody had ever survived the, the Dragon Rage. Right. Uh, and yet they all survive un- unscathed. Nobody has a cut. Uh, That's true. The worst thing that happens is, coincidentally, Ash uh, washes up on the sand and only has Pidgeotto and Butterfree uh, on Ooh, his he belt. Just he doesn't have... Yeah, I don't know who... Well, in hindsight, Butterfree leaves like 10 episodes later mating with the only pink Butterfree in the universe. So I I think actually the Raticate trade would have worked out a lot better. Some writer wanted to get rid of Butterfree very badly. Yeah, and then um, Ash had literally just caught Krabby and then doesn't doesn't bring Krabby as the sixth. And it, it... the, a new a new thing that the animes do is um, whenever there's a new series, because even in watching the Johto, there's kind of this awkward transition of the older Pokemon and Ashes. A lot, some of them, like Squirtle, goes back to the Squirtle squad. Bulbasaur goes to take care of the unruly people at Oak, but it's clearly designed to get rid of the first generation so that Ash can go carrying around new right. people. Um, Ash, in future seasons, sets out with just Pikachu to go catch all these new people. And I'm like, Ash, you're the worst trainer in the whole world. You don't ever train people. Like, Muck and and Kingler just live at Professor Oaks. They're never called back. It's just like, you break every rule of of this world that you're supposed to, you know, be the champion of. Um, He doesn't uh, ascribe to traditional trainer roles. No, and that's true. And and we've had what I don't know, a couple hundred episodes, and the kid hasn't even aged. Even that's the South true. Park kids went up one grade. Ash also does not describe two traditional time rules. <laughs> no, the, I mean, it, it, kid hasn't seen a calendar. Who the hell knows? <laughs> how funny. how much has happened in one year? And post-apocalypse, there's no time. There's no space-time continuum anymore. They're there's, all in this sort of there is no time. weird afterlife. It's, it's per- actually, the Pokemon anime is more like Lost than anything else. It's just purgatory. That's a good point. And as we kind of uh, you know march towards the end of this, but uh, to, to, to bring your biblical expertise, um, savior-type figures, the people that... that, that uh, theology and uh, even a lot of history has, has singled out as the as as the ones to kind of carry the torch. Sure. Aren't you know the Charizards or the Mewtwo's or you know your Zapdos, Moltres, uh, Articuno type people? It it really is kind of the Magikarps of the world. Yeah, um, there is. 
I wish that I could find this quote right now. Um, but the, um, there's a, a great theologian by the name of James Cone. Um, and I just finished up a book by him and, um, he articulates this point that, um, is pretty relatively common, uh, not totally universally agreed on, obviously, but, um, that, you know, this faith that I have, this faith that practice that I participate in, um, is not any, any version of it that comes from a place of, um, of power or of like white nationalism is, is his perspective as a black theologian is a misuse and a misunderstanding of this theology, right? It is the exact opposite of, of what it means to be a savior of what it means to have power. This thing that we do is for the oppressed and is for liberation. Um, and it, it is, for that reason that it will always be the overlooked. Uh, that's what the hobbits are, right? Uh, uh, Tolkien as a, as a yeah, exactly. Catholic faith, right? He wrote out, he set out to write a thing where the littlest people are the ones who, who save everyone, who are the only ones who have confidence and faith and belief and actually carry out the task. Um, and, and, and so it is magic carp as this kind of cult, little person hero uh it is totally uh totally makes sense to me it's something i absolutely buy into i i I think that perhaps unintentionally because i know there's a lot of sort of running joke they've turned the magikarp salesman into a running joke the anime he's made like at least more probably i think more than six or seven appearances uh since and i mean we're talking I, I I could not tell you Ash's lineup, right? I haven't. I I think the yeah. I've seen uh, like, beyond me. I now. watched like I watched one episode of like X Y when it was on Netflix, or maybe it was the black and white one, just to see the just to marvel at the idea that Jesse and James are still following this kid around. But <laughs> um, Magic Magic lives on, and. I mean, that says a lot because uh, a lot of us can name the original 150 off the top of our heads or just even even, you know, maybe not all of the 150, but you'd be surprised how many casual Pokemon fans could probably name quite a few, a lot of them. Yeah, Yeah, they're they're cultural figures. And, uh, you know, there's been so many, there's hundreds of Pokemon now and. This Magikarp still uh, captivates the the public's attention. You can have uh, jokes in the movie. You can there's you just look at the YouTube stuff. Um, yep. My favorite Magikarp. There's a Magikarp meme where it's like Magikarp uses Splash, and then uh, a foe, typically kind of a laughing stock foe. Um, if you watch Dragon Ball Z, uh, Yamcha. There's a Ma- Magikarp uses Splash, and then Yamcha's just dead in a hole, like uh, from from the early early season of that. Um, I imagine some people who who are listening to this episode probably have some familiarity with uh, with that show. But uh, I, I would like to see Magikarp take on Thanos. You know, the if he snapped his finger, whoa, would it be just skin and bone? No, there's a there's a fighter that uh, lives, lives deeper than all of us. Yeah. yeah. 
I, uh, I think that there's a reason that we, uh, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't do a, uh, uh, I didn't want to do a podcast on Clefairy or, mm. uh, Doug Trio or the Pokemon rap itself, which is not really a rap. It's just listing names. <laughs> <laughs> it's really I was like, actually practicing it before this podcast. That is a true fact. I spent the 20 minutes before this going over the Pokemon rap. I, you know, uh, a little later in the original run, they switched over to Pikachu's jukebox, which yep. delivered a lot of uh, really, really, really bad, like sort of like fight songs almost. Um, kind of similar to some of the uh, some of the earlier, uh, I guess some of the later Mighty Morphin Power Rangers episodes also just have some theme songs that just like. I, I'd love to I'd love to sit in on the, the original recording of them to see the performers. Yeah, try and not like crack up the whole time. But uh Magikarp Magikarp endures. Absolutely. There's a reason that we uh we chose to do this. Uh there's there's a reason there's a reason there's two of us, not just me uh rambling on a solo episode. No, other people share uh similar beliefs yep. about magic. Similar beliefs about um about this thing that we do called life and what it means to grow and, um, and have power and how magic heart in some strange way taps into all of that. So true. Um, do you have any other, uh, do you have any other closing thoughts? No, that seems uh, great. I I would, I would just hope I would encourage everyone listening right now to, uh, to continue whatever, journey of growth that it is that they are on now, whether it's a mental journey where they're at right now wherever they find themselves uh, uh continue that journey and know that there are people out there uh on your side i think that uh a sort of an underrated people call video games television all this stuff uh a waste of time and the truth is that they just kind of single out things that they don't like as uh, a waste of time when they go and you know decide to, you know, poo-poo all over Pokemon and then watch three hours of House Hunters or any of the other fine programs on HGTV, which finds its way on the television sometimes when I'm in the shower (laughs) and my partner's watching, or my parents back home like that too. I'll teach their own. Uh, But culture, uh, popular culture at its best helps us feel something about bigger issues. And that can happen uh, 21 about anything. I've had, uh, I always think back to, uh, there's this bar I used to go to up in Claremont, California, where I did my master's. uh, And a bartender there would always tell me about the really great morals of the ABC show Once Upon a Time, which is based off a lot of Disney properties. And uh, it's not a a particularly heady show, but this woman would, um, who I'd befriended over many instances there, would would talk to me about it. She knew that I... Uh, had a, had an interest in that kind of stuff, and I, I think it's a beautiful thing that uh, popular culture can affect people's lives in this way. This episode has had a lot of uh, uh, personal revelations, both from Thomas and myself. Magikarp brought that out, and that's uh, something that, uh, just like in a casual conversation, if you're telling somebody about it, would uh, seem kind of ridiculous, but. Um, it's a beautiful thing. And I don't mean that with sarcasm. It's true. I agree. Thank you for this opportunity. This was awesome. I, uh, thank you. And thank you so much, Thomas, for coming on. We'd love to 
I just, 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 just for the the sake of the chronology of this show, I would like to point out that the two Game of Thrones recap guests we've had uh, since the season ended uh, to not. Well, I, so I guess Zoe came back to talk about uh, Stannis, but the other two episodes we had uh, Alexandra and I talked about the uh, arguably the worst episode of Star Trek Voyager ever made and one of the worst Star Trek episodes ever made. And now we've had Thomas on to talk about Magikarp. So I'm hoping I might me- mes- message dear Clint after this and say, what's the silliest yeah, idea you can think of? <laughs> to try and... Uh, to, to top this but um it's it's been it's been a one um pleasure of this show to be able to uh explore not just popular culture but politics and all of that and um to see people's passions and their uh feelings expressed in so many different uh forms it's it's been a real pleasure of mine uh at, 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 throughout this journey that's really only been a couple of months but uh it gives me great hope for the future uh of um not not just just podcasts but just interaction in general it's good to it's good to even uh get on this kind of level to talk about uh things even even if popular culture serves as that door expressing yourself is good talking about your feelings is good these are all things that uh help us grow as people so uh on that note uh thomas do you want to tell us where we can find you uh find your stuff outside of uh magikarp uh, sure uh, philosophical let's see. Discussions? my twitter is gonna be uh at t hankin 41 that's at t h a n k i n 41 um and i'm relatively active there and then my instagram is what is my instagram you, you follow me um it is i think it's the same thing i think that's yeah, uh it's the same thing there so uh much more active on twitter though uh instagram is mostly cat pictures awesome and I will uh, link to that, and the uh, link will look exactly like it did in the Game of Thrones recaps, because I don't think I've ever rewritten a single uh, returning guest one. Uh, thank you to Thomas once again. And uh, to you, the listener, I, uh, I thank you for tuning in. It's been a real pleasure of this show to see uh, how many different topics uh, our, our listeners will follow us toward. So um, you've... Uh, bettered my life for uh listening and i hope that uh this episode served as uh something to think about or uh, entertainment or something to pass the time anything like that anyway thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time (laughs) 